Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I do let people keep their shoes on when I'm having a party. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Behind that door is Mom Friends. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Open a bag of chips and say come on in. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. Pinterest has ruined holidays, basically. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today, Amy, we're going to go through a host of scenarios and decide whether or not these things are hard for us. I think some of these are going to be harder for you. Some of them are going to be harder for me. But hardest of all for both of us, Amy, remembering to do mailbag. We're going to do it today. We're starting with mailbag. Mailbag. I have such a good one today. Amanda on Instagram said, good morning. I recently started listening to your podcast and love it. One thing though, Margaret, has anyone else ever told you that you sound just like the actress Debbie Mazar? It's so bizarre. Anyway, I thought I'd share. Has anyone ever told you you sound like Debbie Mazar? No one has ever in my entire life told me I sound like Debbie Mazar, but I love it. I'm not sure you do. I'm a huge fan. I mean, first of all, fun fact about Debbie Mazar, for some of our listeners, she exists. I feel that Debbie Mazar mm-hmm. is an oldie locks alert. <laughs> she was in Goodfellas. She was a really good friend of Madonna's. I mostly know her for being like Madonna's arm candy. Oh, that was my fun fact that I was going to share. She's Madonna's BFF, and I saw her once at the Grove, and I love her. I think she is amazing. And I'm glad that you think I sound like Debbie Mazar. I'm going to see if I can find a link to put up. She's got a a stronger New York accent than I think I do. Yes, but I think it's like optional because I pulled up some, I'm like, does she sound like Margaret? And I pulled up some clips. And if you get her in a movie, it's like, what are you doing? Put it down over there. But when she talks in interviews, she doesn't sound like that at all. All right. Neither do you. (laughs) Maybe we can pull a little Debbie Mazar clip and put it in here. I have to just say my one like this, I was working on a commercial once and the director said to me, you remind me so much of a young Fred Willard. (laughs) I mean, talk about an oldie Luxler, although he was on The Bachelor, so he had a little bit of a comeback. And then he said, but I'm sure you hear that all the time. (laughs) No, I haven't. I mean, I didn't mind. And when I looked at him, like, I get it. I do get the, you know, 40 years younger and female Fred Willard. One has to be very careful when saying (laughs) one looks like a celebrity. I will diverge one last brief time. I have a brother-in-law who is like an upsettingly dead ringer for Jude Law, which is a 
compliment, you know? Good problem to have. And Jude Law was in some movie. I think it was called Archie or Alfie or something. But anyway, there were billboards all over. And he, it was like a picture of my brother-in-law's face. It's funny. In real life, it's not like he would sign autographs for him. It's like in still photos, they look alike. It's a, one of those weird look-alike things. And... Then somebody at a party was like, you know who you look like? You know who you look like? And he's heard it a thousand times. So he was like, he kept saying, who do people tell you that you look like? Who do you look like? Yeah. And then finally he fell for it. And he was like, people tell me I look like Jude Law. And he's like, oh, I don't think so at all. I was thinking about Justin Bateman. Is that his name? Justin Bateman? Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. We're in an oldie locks quicksand right now. We're in an oldie locks tornado. Let's get back to real life. (laughs) Justin Bateman. His sister is Justine Bateman. Yeah. Oldie locks vortex. Let's get serious. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is important. We're going to talk about today. This is important work, people. Is this hard? I said for an upcoming episode, we want to know what seems harder than it needs to be. What's something you struggle with that you suspect you might be making a little more complicated than it needs to be? For me, it's packing for trips. No matter how many systems I put in place, I still stress out about it. And I always arrive without something I really need. Hmm. And packing is, it's mentally hard. Like I just went away on a two-day girls weekend. And let me tell you. Did you pack for three days? I stressed about it like I was climbing Everest. I mean, like I would get there without an oxygen tank. It seems insurmountably hard to put things in a bag and then arrive and put them on my body. Like that seems impossible to me. I don't know why. Someone's like, will you make a packing list? I'm like, I don't even know if I need a system. I just think I find it really hard and intimidating and scary. I am a big fan of the list. I use the same list every time I pack, which is literally like sneakers, charger, phone, laptop, charger, you know, passport or whatever you might need. It's just there. And then I just cross stuff off the list. My kids hate the system, but then you know you have what you need. Although you still end up with like way too many shirts and not enough shorts, right? The thing I need to do is do a Google Doc. Like what I finally did with my Christmas card list is I put it in a Google Doc. I think you probably inspired me. I did tell you to do this. Right. You collect your Christmas card addresses once. Right. So that I pull it up. It's all there. And I'm like, this person moved. This person died. Whatever. Like, I update it. It's a living doc. I'm not starting from scratch every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one packing list that I made once a long time ago. And I adjust it a little bit if I'm, you know, going to a beach versus a, I don't know, hiking trip or something. But it's basically the same list. I had a time of my life where for work, I was traveling quite a bit. And my roommate from college, who is a reporter and is always like needs like literally a go bag, like they call her and they're like, you need to be in Toledo tomorrow because something happened. Right, right. She is like, I pack a travel bag. So I have like three pairs of yoga pants, a toiletries bag. She just went to Target and got all duplicates of her stuff and just keeps a bag packed. And I was like, and then she just launders it the night she gets home, repacks it. And so is ready to go. And I was like, I might have to almost go to that system. The duplicate toiletries I thought was a really good idea. Yes. Because I'm not a lotions and potions person. It's not like I have $500 moisturizer. Like I could for $100 put together all the toiletries I need for a trip and just keep my packed toiletries bag. You don't unpack. Yeah. I like that idea. Somebody said back to school shopping, that it seems harder than it needs to be. The clothes, the backpacks, the supplies, the different lists for each grade. It overwhelms me every year, despite the fact that my oldest just graduated. You'd think I would have figured it out by now. But I'm with you. My kids are older and it's still like the books that my high schooler needs are on the school website, like 
eight clicks in. I have to enter the password and then scroll down and then type this and, and to get the book list. And it might change and the ISBN number changes. And it just feels like you need a doctorate to make sure that the right books are being ordered. And it does seem way harder than it should be. I don't do this at all. Our school has a system. I think it's a fundraiser where you can order their school supplies for the next year and it comes in a box. And I order that box and that's it. And then September one weekend, we always end up like, oh my gosh, we need to run and make a run for new clothes because your clothes are a mess. <laughs> I don't do anything for back to school. I'm sure it gets harder in high school when they have to like have specific stuff. Well, they need a graphing calculator, not a regular calculator, like that kind of nonsense. Yeah, but see, that's in the box that comes from our school does it. I think Wow. I definitely spend more money than I would do if I went around to places and needed it. I just always have the kids who come home on like day five. I need a graphing calculator. It was on the list. I'm like, all right, we'll go this weekend and get one. But I play it as it lays. I'm about to send my oldest off to college and I'm stressed by the known unknowns. I know because I'm in a Facebook group of the parents that are going to this kid's college. <laughs> like people like have their cars packed already. We're not leaving for a couple of weeks yet. So I'm like, I'm not like those losers. But then I am sort of like, what is he bringing? And my kid couldn't care less. I'm not like those losers. The story of parenting. He couldn't care less. And I'm like, towels, a comforter? Anything else? He doesn't care about the decor. It isn't like the theme of my dorm room is under the sea. He's not like that, but we do have to bring something. And anyway, that seems more complicated. Yeah, you have to have some stuff. I will say this is an outsourcing. My husband is an engineer and a planner. And one of the reasons why I'm like, I don't care at all is my husband. We had a kid who just went to a scouting camp. And I mean, they lived in the woods on a pallet for nine days. And you had to have mosquito netting. Like you don't leave. It's not. I mean, I just go and I'm like every trip. I just go to CVS and get it. (laughs) Amy and I, when we travel for whatever, we're traveling for the podcast. She knows. Like, first stop is Meg's trip to the CVS where I get the deodorant I fought. I broke the self-checkout machine in New Orleans. Do you remember that? We were at CVS getting, I don't know, a bunch of stuff you forgot. And I was self-checking us and I like knocked it over. (laughs) Yeah, I just go and get all the things I forgot. And it's part of the routine. But my husband... The scouting camp sent a checklist. And as he put it in the bag, he and I did help with that. But I also think you have to do that for scout camp. You probably have to have a 10 item thing for college or a 40 item thing for college. But for girls weekend, I'm like, I'm not going to do a checklist for that. Come on. I just didn't ask Amy. I'm going to pitch that. Everybody should listen to that about a kid who loses everything. And what do you do about that? And I argued that, yes, there is a difference. There's a big difference between the girls weekend to the cute town that's going to have a drugstore in it and yes. your kid in the woods without mosquito netting for nine days. Yes, that those aren't the same in total of concern. And this seems hard. It is a little hard. Like my kid college. Yeah, I don't need to worry about, does he have three matching picture frames? He either doesn't want them or there's this thing called Amazon now. P.S., Did the whole list, packing list, packing list, packing list. My husband was also going because he was a camp counselor and he forgot his laptop. He was going, he was planning to work for seven days. He forgot his laptop. I FedEx it to him. They can get FedEx can find you anywhere. They found him in the middle of the woods with that laptop. Let me tell you. All right. What else is hard for some people? Let's talk about this one because I thought it was interesting that so many people commented about it. Trying to host things. People put a lot of pressure. This is yours, right? Like, I don't find this hard. We did an episode on having people over. I'll link to it in the yes. show notes. And we talked about it. And you're like, why do you care? Because it's like, do I serve this? Do I serve that? And people come not hungry. And it's stressful. I find it stressful and hard. And you, you're like, what? Just like open a bag of chips and say, come on in. 
Yes, I don't find this stressful because I don't know, partly because I really like to host, partly because I feel like people know that I'm not the hostess with the mostest. So there's no pressure on me mm. to have it like Pinterest worthy. Like most of the people who know me know if they're walking in, I'm like, could you clean up those shoes by the front door for me? And, you know, then make yourself at home. I do like it clean. I do become that person for an hour, but also my house is the hub. And so I always have people over and I'm like, I can't get crazy about it every time. New York City, I think, is a special thing in that way. Like people's apartments are, you know, small or weird or whatever. And people don't have each other over in the same. Honestly, don't bump into somebody in their backyard. You know what I mean? It's just much more fraught to have people over in New York City. And I think it's more unusual. And that's why it seems more charged to me because I'm not insane about like we have people saying that they clean for two days. Cindy says she makes sure the insides of the cabinets are clean and the top of the fridge before people come over. Oh, God. I mean, I would never have people over. Don't look in my cabinets. I'm not like that. But you do notice, Jamie, I feel this. Jamie's like, all of a sudden, you're self-conscious about things that don't bother you until you see that they're not working. Like in my living room, we have this total feng shui weirdness. I have a lamp. I don't have ceiling lighting. So I have one of those big lamps that sort of like arcs over into the middle of your room from the corner because that's where the outlets are. Can you picture what I mean? Not really, but I'm also just laughing that you think anyone cares about that. It's not that they care. It's that I have like 18 people standing on a weird strip of my carpet and nobody will enter into the living room because there's this weird lamp that you have to navigate. Oh, okay. They're not consciously thinking about it, but it's just like this party's being ruined by my lamp. But it you see it through new eyes when people are coming over. Right. That I never knew was a problem until I had a party and nobody would enter the living room and just stood on a weird strip of my carpet. I will say you took a hit in Jamie's uh, comment, though, also, though, Amy, because she said, I do let people keep their shoes on though. I do let people keep their shoes on when I'm having a party. I don't like... Oh, you do? Martha Stewart, like here are some Japanese slippers. <laughs> We've been around. <laughs> We've been down this road enough about the shoe versus no shoe debate, but I think that this is something that I do not find hard at all. And I think it's interesting. The idea that somebody would open a drawer in my house to see it was not organized and judge me is, I mean, my brain has never gone to that place ever in my entire life. Rebecca says, for overnight guests, I go as far as to organize drawers and closets. I hate that I turn into Cruella. Even my husband knows to hide a day or two before people come. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I also think some of this stuff is hardwired. It's like, oh, you should make a packing List. Yeah, I should be a completely different person than I am and I'm never going to be. So I think right. this is the kind of thing that you're hardwired for or not hardwired for. I mean, I definitely our minivan is like a rolling garbage bin of disgustingness with melted ring pops that the kids got at the pool three months ago in it. And I definitely, if someone's like, oh, can I jump in and ride with you? I'm humiliated for a moment, but like Popeye, I am who I am, Amy. I do have an easy fix for that, but it's getting harder these days. You know, the end of the plastic bags, which in most things is good, but it means you never have a darn bag in the car. So now I, just the other day, I was checking out of a drugstore somewhere with my daughter and they said, do you need a bag? And my, of course, like ecologically aware 13-year-old was like, no, we don't. I'm like, yes, we do. I will take that world-ruining plastic bag because we have all this junk in the car to get rid of. Just get that bag, Margaret, and then take a bag of garbage out of there. I like that you think that my <laughs> minivan is one plastic bag away from cleanliness. It's not even close. So it is that hard, you're saying? Oh, it's really hard. All right, we'll be back with more hard things after this. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. 
Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, we're back and we're talking about things that are hard or are they really? (laughs) Some things are hard. So car clean, you're saying that's hard. I'm saying it's not. I'm having people over. You're saying that's easy and I'm saying it's hard. Yeah, but also keeping the car clean is hard for me. But having people see my lack of cleanliness is not that hard for me. You know, I have a moment of shame, but I'm not organizing my drawers in case you look at them. It's not sufficiently motivating. Yeah. Okay. That's your problem, frankly. Let's talk about keeping kids behaved in public places. Amy says, keeping my son well-behaved or quiet in public places is hard. He was born during the pandemic, so we don't have a lot of experience with things like eating in restaurants or going to church. Oh, did you see the video? I'll see if I can put the link in the show notes to the toddlers entering big box stores for the first time because they're pandemic babies. No. It's adorable. I saw it on, I put it on our Twitter and I'll make sure to put it in the show notes too. Just these kids. Wide-eyed. Like, you know, they're like science experiments. Yeah, they're going into Target like, what is this place? So I have a lot of compassion for this, Amy. If you have like a two-year-old who's not used to public place expectations, that sounds like that actually is hard. Is it harder than it needs to be? No. I also want to give a huge, it gets better on this. I will say my kids are now 9, 11, and 12. So it gets better after a long, long time. But we recently were on a trip, went down to the beach, went out to dinner to a place I had heard was good, walked in and immediately realized it was a super hipster, no kids allowed, no kids menu, everyone like giving us the stink eye for bringing kids kind of a place. And it was pouring rain and it was a little bit isolated and we didn't have a car and we didn't have a plan base. We're staying. I'm not leaving. And I have to say, I realized that my fear about my kids' behavior was a total vestige of a different time. Like my kids sat down, they ate, they were fine. 
I twice was maybe like lower your voice a little bit, but I wish someone had told me when my kids were young, you won't be dealing with this for the rest of your life. Your kids will chill out at a certain point and be able to sit in a restaurant and eat whatever on the menu. That is such good advice, right? Amy's in the situation with her two-year-old. I have to teach him how to be good in public places. No, he's two and he'll be different when he's three and he'll be different when he's four. He's going to figure it out. Yes. You think you have to clamp down on it or else it'll never be solved. But time is the corrector. Yeah. You're not the factor that much in this. Take your kid out if they're misbehaving in a restaurant. Don't ruin other people's meals. Oh, absolutely. You know, people sometimes are like, ah, people shouldn't judge other people. I'm like, it's fine to judge your kid if they're in a restaurant where they don't belong and they're having a tantrum. They got to go. I mean... The worst meals I've ever had, we looked up, my kids were into something, some sort of Chinese food at the time, took them to a restaurant, turned out to be really fancy. It was like the only one around here that had it. I went, walked in, it was silent and fancy, and I had three kids under seven with me. And the whole experience was a nightmare. Don't put yourself in bad situations. Just do a 180. Practice manners. Yeah. And then by the time your kid is like eight, nine, ten, they're going to be able to function in a restaurant and it's not going to be a huge nightmare. But yeah, not something you need to fix on site. We've talked about this on the podcast. Set the expectations before you go. If they're not meeting the expectations, leave. Keep reinforcing that and your kids will definitely get the memo on that, I think. Mm -hmm. Here's one that's a little bit charged. And I think, again, you and I have different experiences on this. Making mom friends. Stacy says, I have a few friends from before I had babies, but somehow I pictured having a whole village of friends with kids the same ages as mine who we did stuff with all the time. And that just hasn't happened. And Sheila says exactly her experience as well. We've done an episode about this as well. And it's definitely something that I do not really struggle with. I think it is a luck of the draw a little bit. Like your freshman year roommate is either awesome and you get along or not so much. You know, you can have a lot of kids the same age on your block or in your parish or you don't. I mean, you can fall in with a great group of people. And then I guess there's a, you know, being receptive to the invitation the universe is giving you. But I think this is can be a little bit of a matter of luck of the draw. Yeah. And it goes under our parameter of like, this is a hallway, not a door too. I mean, I think that when I first moved to my town, I was like, there's a door and behind that door is mom friends. And I can't find the door. It took me, you know, a couple months to really find some people who I was friendly with. And it's a hallway. It's like you pick up some people here and then they fall away and then your kids fall out and then it's awkward. And then over here, oh, look, you took a cooking class. There's a new person you're friends with. This is an evolving situation, too. It's not like a do you or do you not have or will have mom friends. It can be so hard. but And if it is hard for you, then you spend the additional energy that you spend feeling that it shouldn't be hard or that it's easier for other people or what did you do wrong or whatever. I feel like that's all extra sort of, you know, stuff clogging the filter that gets in the way of you walking up to that person and saying hello, like spending a lot of time second guessing yourself on top of it all does not make you the most relaxed and approachable person in a group setting. For sure. And it's a classic one of the more you think it's hard, the more you kind of layer onto it and, oh, those people don't like me or they think I'm this and they're that. And probably most of that is not going on. I just went as on a girls weekend with some mom friends and, you know, it's like those funny conversations about, well, this is what I thought when I first met you and this is what I thought of you, you know, and it's all wrong and it's silly now because we're friends and mom friends is complicated, but I think sometimes we maybe make it a little bit harder than it needs to be. 
you know, I have a bit of advice for this that I'm trying to use myself, which is secondary activities. We came up with this during the pandemic, which is like looking at each other's depressed faces on Zoom. This stinks, but you did an escape room. Yes. With your nieces and nephews, I think it was. And that was really fun. Or you play, I don't know, you play like words with friends or, you know, whatever. You do an activity. I see the same thing when I had to introduce my kid to an old friend of mine has a kid who's going to be in my son's class at college. And we're like, oh, let's get together. And it's hard to put two 18-year-olds like, you two should be friends, start talking, right? But you give them a secondary activity, playing ping pong, and all of a sudden they're chit-chatting and they're fine. So for me, who I am a little bit shy, the secondary activities of like, let's work on the costumes for the spring play with this group of moms, like, let's do this activity. Let's make the, I don't know, let's stuff the thank you baskets for the teacher appreciation breakfast. And you chat while you're doing it. That's a great way to make friends without it feeling like, and now is the time when I make friends with you. That's a huge one. And I remember when I first moved to town, I mean, I'm a very extroverted person and I like talking to people. And the first couple, we have a pickup. We don't have busing in my town. So you have to go and stand with this crowd of moms and wait for the kids to be picked up. And I would be sort of sitting there with like the awkward middle school holding my lunch tray smile on like, hi, I'm new, you know. And the first couple of days I said to my husband, it's weird. Like, I don't know who to talk to. And should I just start walking up to people and being like, hi, I'm new in town. And he's like, you should definitely not do that. I think that would be really, (laughs) really weird. And that's right. It came because then I was the craft mom one day and I met two people and then I could say hi to them. You just kind of get integrated a little bit more naturally, maybe. Here's something that people make hard and I think it goes with hosting and that's the holidays. Are you like a Mm. high expectation holidays mom, Amy? No, I'm not. I mean, I love Christmas. That's the holiday we celebrate in my family. And I tend to overbuy for it, but I'm not like the tree isn't right. I'm not that kind of making it hard. But you don't rotate like it's Valentine's decorations now. You're not a constant holiday mom. No, no. Kelly says, I make holidays hard, all holidays. Do I decorate? How much do I decorate? Do I need to bring plastic stuff to school? Are there gifts? How do I make this special for my kids? Do I get the teachers something? What are all the other moms doing? That I identify with, that part. Yes. The school thing, like, am I supposed to do this? Does she bring candy for Valentine's now or just a Valentine? This is a big, like, littler kids thing because every holiday is a thing, right? It's St. Patrick's Day. What are we supposed to wear green? Are we doing this? Is Valentine's Day. Do we need to get cards, but no food? I do think when you've elementary school ages, sometimes the holiday stuff gets really bonkers. I think the Valentine's Day, and I've seen that change, right? So my oldest kid is 18. The difference between Valentine's Day, even like when he was in pre-K and now, it's just become like Halloween part two in terms of like candy. It's a huge, huge thing. That's right. Halloween is a holiday. I mean, we think about like Christmas or (laughs) Hanukkah or Kwanzaa is the holiday. No, there's a lot of holidays, right? And like, Mm -hmm. and the St. Patrick's with the leprechauns and I have to like dye the toilet water green and it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Moms of today. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Pinterest has ruined holidays basically. Yes. Christy also says, and we've talked about this on a, a bunch of different episodes, scheduling holiday family gatherings. This could be summer holidays too. Mm -hmm. Two different sides of the family, many different schedules, different expectations about how far in advance we should schedule. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Like parts of the family who want to know what you're doing next Christmas in January, right? Like 
there can be a lot of conflict there. And are we keeping it fair? Or are we seeing, you know, two sides of the family? I don't know a lot of people who have that. A lot of people have three, four sides of the family going on these days, right? And like, right. who are we seeing? Are we keeping it even? Is this a thing? And like, I think that can be really hard. You know what I find hard about this is when you're trying to plan like your summer weekends or even like we're going to be home in my hometown for four days over New Year's, right? Let's use that for an example. And I'd really like to get together with my best friend from high school and her family. And like, can we pick a night to have dinner? Yeah, I'd love to. We'd love to see you. And then you say, which night works? And they're like, you know, any night I can kind of go with the flow, whatever. And then you're like, can we pick a night? Like I am the person on the other side of that. And then it's like, I need to pick a night for that. So I know I have the three other nights free. I want to see my mother-in-law and want to see my mom and want to see this person. I find I have like sort of like, yeah, let's plan. Let's definitely do something, whether it's the summertime or holidays. And then nothing actually gets planned because everybody's trying to be kind of flexible, but we're so flexible that nothing ever happens. And you went back to school and you never did that summer thing you were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an overall planning and families thing, which is complicated. People have such different styles around it. And yeah, if you're going to town for six days and you've got the chillax people and the schedule people, and it's like, uh, I kind of got to nail down every moment of the day, especially when you have little kids. Michelle says visiting families in a different time zone, nap schedules, oh. food schedules. That's another thing that like can be really hard. And then I feel like it also puts you in the position which I've definitely been in in my life. You're the nagging mom who's like, I can't go then because my kid naps then. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, here she comes with her kids. But I'm actually trying to make this easier for everybody in my own way. You know, stop being mean to me. Because we're also going to that restaurant later that is really kind of too fancy for my three-year-old to be going, but it's grandpa's birthday. Right. I'm actually trying to stop my two-year-old from having a meltdown at your wedding. Like, (laughs) I I really am. I get that it seems like I'm making it all about me, but uh, there's some factors here. I was at a wedding once. It was my boyfriend's brother's wedding. I was in college, too. This was all very hypothetical to me. But anyway, in the back of the church, two-year-old going to walk down the aisle and be the ring bearer. It's time for him to go down the aisle. And he's like, you know, I won't go. Stuff has started. The people are watching, you know, and you have to go walk down the aisle. He won't. They pull out M&Ms. Like, if we give you these M&Ms, will you walk down the aisle? And the kid was like, sure, I'll have some M&Ms. But a two-year-old doesn't understand if then, right? He was like, right. I want M&Ms and I'm not going to walk down the aisle. So now he's at M&Ms and then he still refuses. Then he's being told he's a bad kid, that he starts crying and, you know. He should have had a nap yesterday is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And everybody else in the family was like, but we wanted to have fun. Right. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard. All right, we'll be back with even more hard things. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to 
croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate. Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H dot com, sportsresearch.com and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. And now, your coronavirus status update. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. It's just such a relief that COVID is finally over. Right? I mean, we're getting back to real life, in a sense. I mean, no more masks. For now. No more. For adults. Of course. I mean, if you're under 12, then yes. Yes, still masks, still. It is so nice to be getting back to normal. (laughs) A hundred percent. I just feel great. Except for this like little creeping dread I keep having about the variants. It is so nice to be back with my family members. Except for cousin Cheryl. She won't get the vaccine. So I don't want her in any enclosed spaces with my kids. So that's been awkward. And also flying to see people. I mean, I'm still like really unclear on that. Are we doing that? Is that safe? And also, like, sleepovers, because that still does not seem like a good idea. I mean, maybe. But still, I mean, think about how great it is to be looking forward to back to school and finally, like, a totally regular school year. Yes. Although we did just say that kids are going to need the masks again. And also maybe the rest of us with the masks. Well, (laughs) let's hope the vaccine holds up. This has been your coronavirus status update. From the What Fresh Out podcast. Amy, everyone thinks laundry is hard. Laundry is hard. All right. What's hard about laundry? Laundry is when I don't find that hard. I mean, you have to always be doing it, but I feel like I do like a load a day and there's always more, but it's not like, oh no, what will I do with all this laundry? My thing with laundry is that the system always breaks down somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. And this is what people said. Yelena said, putting away folded, clean laundry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that part. No. (laughs) There's a Twitter person I love at Abby has issues. And she just tweeted, if you put away the clean laundry on the same day you wash it, I feel like that's what you should lead with on your resume. Absolutely. And it's like, that's right. Like if you can do that, I mean, right now where I am recording, I record in my bedroom and I am looking down at two giant 
things of folded clean laundry. And what has started to happen, Amy? The dirty laundry is going on top. Kids have started to come in and been like, I need shorts and grab a thing. So I'm going to end up refolding all this laundry, probably for the third time. And you're saying to yourselves, why don't you just put it away? Great question. Why don't I just put it away? I don't really know, but I don't want to is the answer. I have a sadder, even more specific version of that, which is that my kids' laundry does get put away because I will either do it or harangue them to do it and get in a big fight about it, but like it'll get done. But my closet, you can hardly open the door because there's so much clean laundry to put away, dirty clothes to wash. Like I can't get to my own closet because I have to like organize everybody else first and then I never get to me. I put myself last. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, my kids, when people are like, I wonder what my kids will remember (laughs) about me. My kids will remember me standing in the middle of the living room screaming, I don't have any clean underwear because I'm always cleaning other people's laundry. That will be their main takeaway, I think. Yeah. And they'll be like, and she was right. And you know, my insane (laughs) screed where I scream when I open my drawer for the nine millionth time and I have no underwear to put on and I have to wear my husband's boxer shorts because I have been too busy cleaning everyone else's laundry. I agree. (sighs) I'm going to back you up when that time comes to like, she was right. Thank you. You're going to be like, your mom was right. It was a painful time. Mm-hmm. Kate says, and I, this is true. She used to use a wash and fold laundry service. It honestly felt it didn't save me that much effort because gathering the wash and then putting it away is at least half the problem. Right. And this is where my system breaks down. Put away laundry service. My husband and I are excellent at putting a load of laundry in the washer. That I mean, we win. We are amazing at it. But there are five more steps to the process, and it always breaks down somewhere along the chain. And the hardest part is putting it away. Mm -hmm. Yes, you need somebody to do the invisible work of putting it away. And my kids have started doing it, but then it's like they leave it upstairs and I go up and it's everywhere. This is the thing, people. Don't come at me with solutions. I don't want to see it on the Facebook page. What you really need to do is get your kids. I get it. I get that there's a lot of things I could do to make it better. But right now I'm just complaining about it. Right now you're just saying this is so, so hard. I want to say this one because this is so hard. Making a doctor's appointment, (gasps) Kayla says, calling the doctor to make an appointment. It is so simple, but I overthink it and worry. It's so hard. I will put this on my list over and over again. I dread. I mean, it's just a phone call at this point. And the phone call I'm being put on hold. And I will say, glimpse your future. My, whatever you call it, system of doctors that I'm somehow weirdly enrolled in because of where my husband works. It now has gone to all online appointments. You don't have to talk to a human. That I can do. That Mm. I can do. I love that. I find sometimes you can make an online appointment for like nine months from now, but then eventually you got to call. You got to call. I just had to do, I got to do the mole checks. The chasm that was talking to another human being and saying the word mole out loud was just too awful to contemplate. And then I went online and I was able to set up online. But I will say when I got to the doctor's appointment, they're like, this isn't really a mole check appointment. This is a regular appointment. You did it wrong. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm here. Let's check some moles. And did they say okay? They did. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I was like, I, don't send me back to the hell that is making a phone call to talk to a human. I feel this way about ordering food. Like, I never want to pick up the phone and talk to a stranger. That's horrible for me. No, no, that's very hard. I agree. My husband knows he has to order the pizzas. I can't talk to humans. Terrible. Let's talk a little bit about this hilarious entry by Kate. (laughs) 
She's very, very upset about baby wipes and why they are so hard. She says retrieving a baby wipe from the disposable baby wipes bag when they're all flattened in there, including the top wipe. My fingers don't fit through the little opening and I pinch at them so aggressively that I just end up tearing off a small piece of wipe. All the while, my other hand is attempting to keep the baby's legs and feet out of her massive poop and somehow her mega strong core still twists around and gets poop somewhere it's not supposed to be. And I'm raging to my six-year-old we are flying a helicopter on mars and yet the wipes never come out how we need them to yeah she's got a point yeah your kid will picture you for the rest of their life screaming about people on mars while your baby wipes don't work and they will think you are insane but we just want to say kate we see you you're absolutely right why is there a rover roving around mars and you do not have easy access to a baby wipe while you have the baby's feet in one hand why is jeff bezos spending good money launching himself to like Barely space, like kind of space. He like went to like kind of space. He was in space, like connecting through the Orly airport means you were in France. You know, like he was like barely in space. Comes back down. He spent what, $400 billion? I don't know what that costs. A lot of money. When he could have changed lives. Yeah, to go to space. Work on baby wipes, Jeff Bezos. Gosh, women need to run the world. It's something tells me Jeff Bezos has never touched a baby wipe. Am I right, ladies? It's very possible. <laughs> very possible. But yes, Kate, you're 100% correct. You couldn't be more accurate if we tried. Kara says, and she's 100% right, the post office, I feel like I've scaled a mountain when I complete a task at the post office. Oh my gosh. I just went to the post office to renew my two kids, two of my three kids' passports. Oh, horrible. That is like to to do an old deluxe alert. It's like, you know, the likelihood I was going to get a no soup for you. Back in my day. When like send you home without the thing because you had two of the forms but not the third one and you didn't sign here you didn't sign there i spent so much time getting ready for this passport renewal wait in line at the post office get to the front the printer missed like half of the bottom line my printer at home because apparently the post office like sized the form too big for eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper no passport for you Oh, I mean, you can predict it. It's like the DMV. (laughs) My husband, thank God, he's my minder. I often say he's my, I was rewatching Downton Abbey. He's my valet. He's my Mr. Bates. Okay, you're going to go to the DMV. Here is what you need. He gives me a folder like I'm a five-year-old and he sends me off with a note pinned to him. If there's a problem, please call Mr. Abel's. (laughs) But yes, the post office, similarly, you're just like, what is going on? My niece was recently overseas and I had to send her some packages and me and the post office lady did become good friends because sending a package to Africa, like how are we on Mars and we can't send a package on Earth somewhere? How can you get a laptop to a Boy Scout camp in the middle of nowhere? And Yeah. I will say, God bless the Boy Scout camps. The camps, the FedEx person was like, we send a lot of stuff to camps. And I mean, because I went in like, this is never going to work. You might as well fire up the Mars rover. This is going to be this hard. And she was like, oh, no, that camp's in our system. People forget stuff at camp all the time. But yes, I believe that running around and screaming, why are people on Mars? Why is Jeff Bezos (laughs) running around space when I can't get a package out is a fair thing to be doing. I don't care what your kids say. 
We're going to finish off with Cassie, who says, my favorite shirt says, I run a tight shipwreck. And that's so (laughs) true for me. I seem to be great at coming up with systems and relying on them, but I don't seem to have a plan B for when my ship goes under, which it does all the time. It's like everything in my life is set up with the domino effect. I think I expect my systems to work flawlessly. And then when they don't, I realize my scrambling process is more complicated than it needs to be. And Cassie, same. I feel like we're headed for the rocks at all times, and I'm just going to face that when we get there is my basically (laughs) default system. That is as hard as it needs to be because you can't have two fully thought out plans or three for every... No, I can't have a plan B. I'm like, Amy, we're going to CVS on the trip every time. Your husband is plan B Abel's, right? He'll cover it. Yeah, my husband is good. That's different. That's plan B, like, or we could do this instead. You're like, just do the thing. Play this out for me. (laughs) I always give my husband a hard time because he's plan B, because I'm always like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put the things in the bag. Then we're going to put the bags in the car. Then we'll stop at the pool, pick up the kid. I have dry clothes for her. And then we'll go straight from there. And my husband's always like, or (laughs) we could bring her home. And I'm like, why? We don't need a second option. This plan is fine. Making things hard for me has been this realization that my plan is fine. Is there a better plan out there? Almost certainly. There's probably several worse plans. And also the plan may well fail, but I run a tight shipwreck. When we hit the rocks, we're going to figure it out. And guess what? We've hit the rocks a billion times and it's always kind of fine. We'll FedEx Mm -hmm. the laptop. We'll order out for pizza because I burn the dinner when I'm hostessing. We'll go to CVS every time I'm ever traveling with Amy because I didn't bring a toothbrush. I'm not going to fix the system. I'm just going to improv when we get there and it's going to be okay. Because for you, like planning for every outcome is making it harder than it needs to be. Making it harder than it needs to be. Yep. All right. We solved it. Solved it. (laughs) Folks, thank you for answering all our questions in such a fun way. We always love talking to you on our Facebook group. Come join us if you haven't. And please do us a favor. Give us a rating or review wherever you are listening to this podcast. That's what helps people find the podcast is lots of people saying that they love the podcast and telling people it really helps. It really helps us out. So thanks so much in advance for doing that. And we will talk to you next time, friends. So long. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. 
with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.